Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. I'm Ryan Key, and I'm still in my dining room, so I have the air conditioning turned off, and it's really hot in here because I live in Florida. <laughs> so take off all your clothes. <laughs> hey, I'm also hot because I live in California, but also I'm hot because I'm attractive, right, guys? Thank yeah. you. Just a hot dude. <sighs> hot boy. <laughs> you saw my Instagram story today. I was like, damn, I look good. No. <laughs> um, that's all fake confidence. Hey, I'm Nick Gambarian. What's up? <laughs> Hey, uh, I am probably the least hot member because I'm the furthest north. Uh, it's Mike Forrester. What's up, dudes? Oh, you know, stressing my eyeballs out of my head, steam coming out of my ears. Why? Anything cool happening? Anything neat happening over the next couple of days? Yeah. As we said last night, we're going to uh, the second to last officially, right? Voyage mm-hmm. on yep. the Galactic Star Cruiser, the Halcyon, the soon to be deceased, you know? most ambitious project that Disney parks have done in the past half century. Oh. Thought of something really Star Wars centric that suit that's so relevant to our trip. The fact that we went on the second ever voyage and we're now going on the second to last. Yes. I just hear Han saying, "You're going on to the second last one. Convenient, you know." Because like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the second to last one, just like we felt like the second one was a better bet because the first, ra- you know, the cast members got a chance to like run everything once. It probably got better on the third and fourth, to be honest, but still, no, we yeah. weren't like, it we weren't like the first test group. And then this is like, you know, on the last one, they're going to be like, oh, almost out of here. This is almost it. But on the second to last one, we roll up in our 19 different fits. Like I have, like you guys were all just giving me crap. For it. Pre-lunch. They're going to, they're going to be pumped, fit. dude. The cast is going to be pumped on, on our vibe. Yeah. Dude, think about think about every tour. Think about every last week of school. It's every show. It's the penultimate episode. It's the second to last day. It's You know what I mean? Everybody's checked out on the actual last day. I, I hope that they are a little more lax on the lightsaber rules. Because oh, yeah. Dude, even if they're not, what are they going to do? 
Well, <laughs> I, can't come back. I don't think I don't think the rules about the insurance and people getting hurt and stuff change just because right. it's closing. So I mean, do we know that for sure though? They might still have to be strict about it, but I hope they're not. Why yeah. don't okay? I know we got to be quick, but why why don't we propose to Bob Iger that instead of just closing it for write off, why don't we sue them for two hundred fifty million dollars? They got to get rid of yeah. money, right? <laughs> Let's just sue them, keep it open, give us two hundred fifty million dollars. We'll yep. run it. Write yep. that. Yep. Off. We can take care of that money. Yeah. We'll run it. Yeah, we got it. Or we'll just move in. Hey, kid, it's not that kind of lawsuit. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Ahsoka because um, not only are we going on the Halcyon next week, but I'm leaving early. My wife and I are driving my wife. down to Flo- my wife driving down to Florida, stopping in Birmingham, Alabama on the way to go to mm. Furnace Fest because we want to see Head Automatica. I'm DJing an emo night. So we're leaving Friday morning at like dawn. So I have this Friday? tonight. Yes, yeah, so I have tonight to get this podcast up and then all day tomorrow to pack, finish my costume pack up the roadcaster and all that shit because we're gonna you know do a live reaction of ahsoka from the halcyon what have you been uh have you have you been home like uh, have you like have you been still home like with your costumes just sitting there and you're just doing what we do and just you're like oh it's tomorrow now i need to start working on it i do the same shit there's lots of that but also like indecisiveness about like what i'm doing and trying out things and sewing stuff and like i altered my um the smuggler shirt that I got from Galaxy's Edge and right. it's not cool enough. So then I went searching everywhere for other, you know what I mean? It's just, and then I'm also doing band shit. Like it's kind of a long, too much stuff. it's a long winded answer to say attention deficit hyperactive disorder, but yes, mm-hmm. by all means, absolutely. What you just I sent said. the gif earlier in the chat. Like think about George McFly when he comes down the hall, when Marty sees him in high school for the first time and he's getting kicked in the ass by a bunch of people and he's dropping his books and stuff and can't keep his, himself together. Those dudes kicking me in the ass. That's my ADHD internally. <laughs> me trying to Those do are all the things you need to do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's me. Anyway, uh, we should talk about Ahsoka, part six, far, far away, in depth. Uh, before we get into stolen plans, though, Ryan Key, since you weren't here last night, give us your initial emotional reaction. I assume you enjoyed it. I just said before we started, I wish I had a chance to watch it a second time because all I have to offer you is raw Mm-hmm. uncut, unbridled joy and emotion. That's all I have. It's just, it's a blur of awesomeness. Um, I think my biggest takeaway is I desperately want to know what is, what's in those coffin cases. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, you know, that was huge. And, and the, um, uh, the costume direction for Mike, they have a name, the night troopers, Yeah. the night troopers. Yeah. I mean, dude, Dude, we talk we talk so much. Do you want to do your Dune TED talk right now or later? <laughs> no, just we, we just we talk so much about about the lived in feel of, of the of Star Wars yeah. in you know in Andor and Rogue One and uh, even Obi Wan I think mm-hmm. felt more lived in than the uh, usual OT stuff you know. Um, but when you saw those troopers just dirty, just covered mm-hmm. in schmeg mm-hmm. with the with the red you know samurai fabric wrapped around their armor oh god man yeah i absolutely loved it and uh, yeah i'll save my i'll save my i love you i know because it's pretty random i think well let's um real quick i want to get one more thing from you before we get into stolen plans uh we could take a lot of time to talk about the score but i figure you as a as an aspiring composer would have a lot of feelings and things to say about this score new instruments like new vibes and shit all together mm-hmm what do you think? I, I mean, I, I think overall, it's 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 had that killer uh, final arc of of the Clone Wars mm-hmm. energy to it. It's had the classic orchestral themes, you know, 
uh, obviously one of the most amazing musical moments in Star Wars history was the end of episode five when, uh, or episode four, excuse me, when they uh, played just bum, 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 bum at at the very end. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, dude. But the synthesizers that he's working into this to give it that like Blade Runner very 80s edge, 80s edge like he did at the end of clone wars uh it's really evident and i'm very very much here for it i i love how he's working in the the themes from the original score just so subtle and tell me that the, the force theme or the binary sunset whatever you want to call it has not has, has ever been more effective <laughs> every time you hear it in this show you're just like weeping i mean it's it's so gnarly. It never gets old, dude. The way he sneaks it in, it's just, it's so awesome. Kiner's always been great about that. Like, I, I, I'm sure before we got into this Disney era of, of new Star Wars, that Lucas and everyone involved were much cooler about just sticking to the old school Star Wars stuff. So Clone Wars from the get, very beginning was, you know, scored similarly to the prequels, you know? So he used a lot of that. But as it got later... And, you know, Ahsoka's theme became more prominent and all these other things. It just got more nuanced and more skilled in the way he used it, more tasteful when, how and when. So now at this point, we're deep into it. It's all of this new stuff, all these new instruments, but still he knows how to just like nail it. He knows. Yeah, I mean, you have the hits, you know, you have the hits and what Mm -hmm. they've done from, uh, you know, really from Rebels on, because I guess, you know, that's that's more Disney property is is having, you know, the all of their their own themes and their yeah. those are like hits at this point too. Yeah. So he's like a very talented <laughs> DJ producer that gets to do sick remixes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's got his own hits, but he also goes back and remixes some classics. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Last thing I'll say about um, the score and and the instrumentation and everything. The organs when th- like everything mm-hmm. I just got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Everything about the score when Thrawn's arrival began, how it just it escalated. It was with the with the night troopers. It was like kind of Halloweeny in a cool yes. way. You know what I mean? And the it was chanting like, and shit. Did you hear the uh, chant? Yes, mm. dude. Yes, it was amazing. Oh, dude, it was amazing. You, you, you on the first word, you knew what they were saying too. Right. It was cool. Right. Uh, just, oh man. Yeah, it was incredible. For it's, I, I just could the whole. I'm so excited for this reveal of how he plays into, and now how these troopers play into the first order, the, you know, the birth of the first order. Yeah. Like I'm the whole time I was watching it. I was just like, that's what we're getting. That's where we're mm. going. That's what's happening. It's, it's, yeah, it's here, you know, new beginning, all that stuff that Balin's talking about. Like it's yeah. Um, last thing I'll say about, well, before we get into, um, stolen plans, Sean Iwashko, um, friend of the pod, visual effects supervisor or, um, head of visual effects for like three or four different Star Trek series. Right. The dude knows his shit. He made a point when he was on this podcast about, in his opinion, Star Wars has, it, it like falls a little bit short when it comes to really displaying the scale of ships. Yeah. You know? And I, I pushed back and said, well, the one perfect example that proves that idea wrong is in Rogue One, the Star Destroyer over Jetta City, over Jetta City right? Mm-hmm. When Thrawn's Star Destroyer showed up in this one, I immediately texted texted him all caps, bro. How's that for f-ing scale? <laughs> you know, like how sick was that? Yeah. Just Can, so good. Did you guys notice, or it's just, this is just my brain in, in the gutter? But th- there was one wide shot of it just parked, and for whatever reason, they chose to put the hill, the hill of the uh, temple, 
on the right side and not the left. Yeah. <laughs> so it very much looked like a certain a phallus <laughs> organ was yeah. just rammed up in that starter's <laughs> Couldn't unsee it. Too. I couldn't unsee it. All they had to like, do was oh, put the hill on the them. other side and it wouldn't have felt that way. And then organs were playing. <laughs> hey. Good for them getting some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good good for the chimera good for they the chimera been stranded in a, in a in on a planet in, a, in another galaxy for a long time yeah it's probably pretty lonely think about scale too sorry we should really should go to stolen plans after this think about isn't like part of the lothal jedi temple like on the chimera you know like, yes. like, yes. like oh, it's yeah. think about yes. how big that is right. you know like it's insane yeah right. it is yeah. I wonder if we're going to get to see that. Yeah. God, that would be sick. Well, it's all So sick. we just did discussion, right? And we're skipping back <laughs> to Solon Plans. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do that now. It's pretty quick. Um, and then we have a few things to actually like discuss for real. And then we have a shorter-ish den of antiquities. So let's do Solon Plans. What have you done with those plans? Ahsoka Part 6, Far, Far Away. Debuted yesterday, September 19th, 2023. Written by Dave Filoni, directed by Jennifer Getzinger. She did a few uh, episodes of Mad Men years ago, directed a couple episodes of Westworld Season 3. Uh, Dead to Me, great show with Christina Applegate, Daredevil, Outlander, a lot of TV, really good TV. Disney Plus description on this one The search for Grand Admiral Thrawn reaches beyond the limits of the galaxy. Sure does. Starring, finally, Lars Mikkelsen as Grand Admiral. Hell yes. Iman Esfandi as Ezra Bridger also killed it. Um, he's got a pretty short IMDb, like a couple shorts. And then recently, King Richard, 2021 movie about uh, Venus and Serena Williams, pretty well received. He's in that. The Knight Sisters, or sorry, the, um, the Grand Mothers. The Grand Mothers. Uh, three of them, Gerald Preston as Actrapaw, I want to say is the pronunciation of her character. Uh, she played Jackie in The Walking Dead. Claudia Black, who we mentioned yesterday, as Clotho, right? Uh, we also mentioned she was um, in Stargate SG-1. She played Vala Maldoran, name of her character. And she was also in a show called Farscape, another uh, sci-fi show on the Sci-Fi Channel, right? That sounds right, yeah. Aaron's son is the name of her um, character there. Lots of voice work also by her. And then the, uh, the last mother, Jane Edwina Seymour, the name of her character is... Lachesis. Here's why this is interesting. Maybe this is a reach. She has a pretty short IMDb too, but she recently played last year, earlier this year, actually, the Borg Queen on Star Trek Picard, mm -hmm. which was amazing because the, the original actor who played the Borg Queen died a couple years ago, I think. So she, um, she played the Borg Queen and it was amazing. With the reach I'm getting at here, her name is Lachesis in this. Anyone who watches Star Trek who knows, or watched The Next Generation who knows the Borg story knows that Picard, when he was assimilated, his name was... <laughs> Thanks, Finn. <laughs> Thank Thanks, Finn. He's like, you're so sick. Locutus. So, um, Locutus of Borg. So, Lachesis? I don't know. Is it a reach? Like, when they're just trying to come up with names and... I have, I have a whole thing for the den on their names and all this stuff, so... Oh, boy. And it's good. Gotcha. All right. I gotcha. And then, uh, lastly, West... Uh, Wes Chatham as Captain Enoch under the mask. He played Caster in the last two Hunger Games movies. He's in The Expanse, too. It's a pretty, well, it's oh, a nice. pretty yeah. fan-driven sci-fi show. That's on my long uh, 
long list of things that I feel embarrassed to have not watched. I watched a lot of it and I got stuck in like season five or something and I haven't finished. Mm. I need to get on it. People, people love it. Uh, 48 minute runtime on this one. It was good. It was really good. good. Do you guys have this thing where you get anxiety about it ending? Yes. Like you can't. Yes. Yeah. I think I, I said in, uh, in the, the epicness of episode five, when we, when we talked about this last week, I was like, every scene it's like i forgot that it was gonna run for every scene i was like no yeah because it felt like it was gonna end every every single yeah. scene was gonna go go to black you know i this one i got it i was actually surprised to be honest like i knew it was time for it to be over but it the scene that it ended on for me didn't feel like oh here it comes this is the ending it just mm-hmm. kind of same yeah it was just over well, I, um, the the like trauma behind it all is that we're not watching like network television, and it's not thirty minutes or, or an hour long. It's like it mm-hmm. could end at any point, right? Any time yeah. between like twenty eight and fifty two minutes, it could just end. So it's like constantly, you're like, is this the last scene? Is this the last yes. scene? Like, Everything that feels like it's approaching like the end of a moment, you're like, oh, please don't be the end. Yeah. <laughs> we, we still have PTSD from uh, Book of Boba Fett episode two that was like thirty one minutes, right? And everyone was yes. like, that, that was it. Like it was a really, um, but. That this this one, I think, probably before Sabine met Ezra, I think it faded to black or like had a hard cut. And I remember yeah. being like, that was probably it. And then I looked and I'm like, oh, there's 12 minutes left. This is amazing. You just tap your, your Apple TV remote and it popped and you're yeah. like, oh. yeah, I did. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, I was like, we're, we're still, and it is, it's, it's like, it's like you're, it's like you're, you're ripping a band aid off or something. You're like, I don't, I don't really want to see it or <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I don't really want to know, but ah, okay, we're good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's discuss some things, uh, some more in depth than others. This first one, I don't know, it's just a speculation, but it gave me a feeling, so I wanted to bring it up. The, the stories of the Purgle told to younglings at the Jedi Temple. In the, uh, in the first scene with Ahsoka and Hu Yang, they're talking about, they're kind of reminiscing a little bit, right, on the road trip. And I can't remember which, I, I guess it's Hu Yang that says, ah, yes, history of the galaxy, parts one, two, and three. And then Ahsoka replies, one being the best, of course. <laughs> Did anyone else think, ooh, that's a little, that's like a little meta teaser about the fact that we're getting an origin of the Jedi movie? I thought so. Mm, I thought it was something, it was more cheeky, like the original trilogy is the best. Either way, yeah. That's, that's, that's how I, I was like, if this is a cheeky joke, I bet you it's, there's three trilogies and the first one is the best. I could see that. Yeah, it's Filoni. I, I could see that better. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about the Night Sisters. Um, there's a question I have that I didn't take the time to to go get an answer to, and I was also afraid that the answer would have changed immediately since this came out on on Wikipedia. People of the planet Dathomir, or in this case, Dathomiria is like saying human. We're from Earth, but you know, um, had we heard that suffix on Dathomir, I always said Dathomirian. Was, is this the first time that like official suffix has been used? 
like a, a way to refer to the people. It seemed new to me. Didn't seem could be wrong, but it did seem like new when she first said it. When I watched it yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, same. It, it kind of jumped out. It kind of jumped yeah. out like I hadn't heard it before. I mean, if so, that's that's great. I think that's like a a much more elegant way to to say it than Dathomirian. So we learn in this episode that Peridia is their homeworld. So they left Peridia at some point and settled what we assume would, well, they took over some planet, right? Maybe all the Zabraks were the original uh, people on the planet Dathomir. Mm. They came there and took that shit over, I would assume, right? Interesting. Uh, so the cool, the cool thing about them originating from an entirely different galaxy is that it just adds a little more like substance and weight and justification to the idea of them using the force in this bizarrely different way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Their connection's different, you know. It's not the way we've seen the Jedi and Sith use it and everything else. The The planet itself, I just thought was so sick. Um, mm-hmm. Landscapes, like just like those just huge wides. It had the Iceland vibe. Yeah. yeah. It had like the Prometheus, rocky but still somewhat green. Yeah. Like life is clinging on, barely. Mixed, you know? mixed with a little Jedi vibe yeah. and also... Um, you know, like seeing the statue on the Lost Island kind of thing. I was thinking last night on the show, I said, you know, why did it seem so foreign? And I was like, has there ever been overcast in Star Wars? Because that really <laughs> stuck out to me. A lot of clouds, yeah. For yeah, sure. but I think uh, what was the the arc, the three-episode arc in Andor with the I, uh, the Aldani, right? That arc, that was all pretty overcast, I want to say, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but very green. So, I mean, that was very yeah, like, yeah. mountainside. This feels, yeah. this feels very like... Volcanic. Yeah. Like it, yeah. 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 Desolate. You know, right. desolate was, I think that that added to, you ever watch that old, I think it was probably in the 80s, Earth 2, which oh, yeah. Star Wars alum, uh, what's his face? Ryder, Ryder Azadi. What's his name? Um, <laughs> that actor. He was in Earth 2. Yeah. Um, come, come on, Brain. Um, yeah. That guy. That guy. Um, Clancy Brown. So it kind of, yeah, yeah. Clancy Brown. It definitely had that vibe to me too. Just like desolate, like earth, like life could live here, but it doesn't, you know, <laughs> like that sort life, of thing. Life uh, doesn't find a way. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see what else. Oh, the monument. So the monument where they landed, where they were playing with the, the little spheres, made it clear that the one on Setos is, you know, it's their monument. It's just not some other you know what I mean? Like the, uh, like the different, the the, it's, it's the gateway. It's yeah. like, that's, it's the two connecting points so between two, the yeah. two galaxies. Two ends of a phone line. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> Cause I, you know, we were all kind of thinking like, okay, this is just some kind of monument, you know, just like in, um, Mando when he takes Grogu to that first one where he sits on the thing, it's just some ancient temple that's shared by, you know, you think about Stonehenge or places that for generations, people have done different stuff. Now we know it's straight up. Like you said, you know, it's, it's two different, um, phone poles with the line. <laughs> strung between them. Another thing that no need for real discussion. I just thought it was hilarious the way they kept referring to Sabine as it. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it reeks of Jedi. It is dangerous. <laughs> it will wait in solitude. It puts the lotion in the basket, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that it reeks of Jedi is interesting. Because yeah. it's like, hey, you smell like Ahsoka, or is it, hey, you are a Jedi, you know? <laughs> but uh, of course. But that part of it was interesting because like Balin mm-hmm. That's what I thought. That's what almost, I picked up. Yeah, because like I thought Balin, you know, they they both look over at Sabine, but the reek of Jedi could have very well be coming off Balin. And so yeah. that part of it, like he almost kind of looks like like there was a quick flash at him that almost said like he 
was like, oh no, they're going to, they're going to tell me to leave. Yeah. Then it goes around Sabine because they both looked at her as if like, oh, she, and she, Sabine kind of like shrugged. She's like, I'm not a Jedi. They yeah. do that. And then it gets revealed later that Balin is, the, you know, Thrawn says, Balin, you, you know, general, general skull. I thought that was kind of a, that was an interesting switch up. And I haven't really heard too many people talk about that, but that I, I'm, Ryan, you picked that up. Right, there was something. I in did. There. That's, yeah. that's that's how I felt too. And and I when you're jumping ahead when you to the moment between Thrawn and Balin, but so I don't forget to say it later. There was something that really jumped out of, uh, at me around that scene when um, Thrawn is talking to uh, Morgan, I think, and he says something along the lines of, "But he used to be a Jedi, so we can assume that he is uh, impure or flawed. Yeah. Flawed, yeah. We can assume he's flawed." And I just thought there was, that's another, you know, for me being the, the world war two, you know, history nut that I am, I felt like this real sense of, you know, uh, throwing to that sort of just blanket, uh, you know, racism or, or genocide, right, right. Sure. the idea that like, he's a Jedi. So he is not, a, not a real person, you know, right. Yeah, that, right. that terrible sense of like, you're less than you're a species. That's mm-hmm. less than. That he, it was, it was just a way, uh, I think that, that demonstrated what an absolute mainliner Thrawn is. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he is just fully devoted to the cause and believes with every cell in his body that the Jedi must be eradicated from the, from the universe. You know, it's weird. I I thought that was cool. I, I don't know. I, we don't have time to speculate, but I I just wonder what his deal is. Like we know a lot of other people know more about Thrawn than we do. You know, I'm I'm sure there's a great Star Wars explained episode on his entire history. And I mean, there are books that can be read, but for the average viewer, it's like, what's this dude's deal? (laughs) You know what I mean? There is something speaking to that. So in in the new, the first new trilogy of Zon books, I forget which one it was in, either the second or third one, Anakin and him kind of team up and save Padme mm-hmm. um, during the Clone Wars era. And then I want to say it was in the third um, book. He kind of deduces in a very Thrawn way that Vader is Anakin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So in this episode, he is like, we need to know everything about Ahsoka, blah, 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 who her master was. He's going to mm. find out that like yeah. Ahsoka, like there's going to be a moment eventually, whether it's in episode seven or eight or next season or whatever, that Thrawn is like, your master was Darth Vader or Ahsoka. You know, like that's yeah. got to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sick. That's super dope. All right. What else here? Here's something that in my opinion, like I took as sort of a meta com- commentary on Star Wars Legends. This may have much deeper meaning. I, I'm assuming it does. But Balin was talking about, about Peridia. And he said, this is a land of dreams and madness. Children's stories come to life. And uh, Shin says, I know no such stories. And he says, you weren't raised at the temple. Stories of this galaxy are considered folk tales. Some ancient past long forgotten. With good reason. Sometimes stories are just stories. Hmm. Is it just me or is this a good way to look at Star Wars legends? You know, I like it. Like you can take some cool stuff from, from them, but they're just stories. Lots of Mm -hmm. them are just children's stories come to life. Just like goofy fanfic that Lucas was never fully on board with, but it happened. And now in this era, they're pulling the cool stuff from it and bringing it to Canon. Right. So that means maybe it's a reach. Well, maybe we'll probably get Jackson in the next, uh, (laughs) in the next episode because we're talking cool stuff. I mean, 
I like the idea that we watch Star Wars on Earth and it is a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And now the characters we've known and love have their own galaxy far, far away, a long time ago. Yes. yes. Galaxy far, far away. So great. That they watch and, and learn stories from and have since they were kids, just like us. I love that. It's so dope. All right, let's talk about Balin and Shin's conversation about power or just overall Balin and Shin's kind of dynamic and what's going on with Balin, like Ryan, you alluded to a, a minute ago. A couple quotes here. So Shin asks him, won't our alliance with Thrawn finally bring us to power? This is what we talked about a little bit last night. And he says, that sort of power is fleeting. What I seek is the beginning. So I may finally bring this cycle to an end. She said, and that beginning is here? And he said, if the old stories are true. So we obviously don't know what those stories are, but we speculated, speculated a little bit about the idea that it isn't, it's not Thrawn. Like he doesn't want to be Thrawn's like right-hand man or anything. He's talking about this like endless cycle of light and dark, the cyclical thing that. Well, it's occupations, right? It's not actually yeah. light and dark. It's just occupations in some ways, yeah. right? Because like, I think light and dark, it's almost like the the empire and all of that, like, I guess the Sith and Jedi, of course, are light and dark, but like at some point in occupation, the Imperials were held up by two force users. All mm -hmm. of, you know what I mean? The Republic ended up being the same thing. Uh, the First Order, same thing. So I think it's like an occupation status of, of that point. Yeah. That he understands like, you know, these guys pop up, replaced by the next guys, you know, mm -hmm. history. I think we're going back further. It's interesting how much they alluded to the stories, but didn't tell any of the stories, right? Like Huyan started to tell the stories. Okay, yeah. mm -hmm. a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It was so amazing, right? You were just, but then it cuts and that's it. You don't hear the story. And now Balin is telling you that if the stories are true, what are the stories? Is it linked to the catacombs and the things they're pulling out of there? You know, I, I mean, what what is this origin on 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 this planet? Does he mean here? on this planet or here in this galaxy, right? You know, when the, when he says that or, are the origins here if the old stories are true or and the beginning is here, she says. Um, does that have to be specific to this this system or is the is the beginning in this galaxy somewhere? Right. That, you know, the, the kill switch for the cycle. Well, here's, so my response a second ago was going to be, is this just teeing it up for something much more long-term or are we actually going to get answers now but these next couple quotes I'm about to read lead me to believe that we're going to get it, if not in this season, definitely in this series. Maybe not. Maybe it could be Filoni's movie. Who knows? But they're talking about Purdy and the Night Sisters again. And she says, they seem eager to leave this place. Maybe we should too. And Balin says, perhaps they flee a power greater than their own. Something calls to me. Can't you hear it? Something stirs here. Can't you see it? Mm. That's what I was talking about last night. He was, he's like, there's something else out there. Yeah. It's neither Thrawn or the Night Sisters. Something alive in here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's an unanswerable question at this point. But it does, it does kind of support the idea that he's not, he's not trying to get power in the traditional sense. Like she's saying, it's about some like larger, different understanding of the force and reaching like a personal power, even if it's not like power over people. You know what I mean? Like the way he talks about the Jedi Order and like liking the the idea of it more than the way they actually handled it ultimately kind of lends credence to that as well. 
I think. Right. Did I think Ryan and I are the only ones who played Fallen Order all the way through, right? And you have Ryan, did you catch one of those statues on Peridia was very Zephian? Yeah. You have a story of I think someone translated online was actually like there was a part of it in one of the spots. I have to go back and find the screen grab that actually did call some reference to it. I don't know if that was just an Easter egg. I don't know if Filoni has considered bringing any of the EA galaxy into it um you know we have all these potential big bads i think at some point occupying force would be like either you know the zepho um the uh the rakatan empire um then we also have at the same time like abeloth is being you know we know the the father and sister and the brother but there was a mother in the eu um that was kind of banished to uh a, a faraway region right it could be something along those lines because Filoni does like to pick out EU where he wants. Because there's a part of me that also, like on the reality side of it, going, if Ahsoka is doing very well, we have season two, right? Which I, I, I'm struggling to see Thrawn being this giant season two overarc. I think there has to be something bigger for his movie, which will come next, right? I don't know. This is speculation. But at some point, like the options, there are, there are options out there, I think, for something yeah. bigger than just Thrawn, right? Which would so we sense. may or may not be getting a season two. Like this isn't just designed to be buttoned up. Well, I I think we have no indication. I feel like they wouldn't roll that dice based on ratings with the how how precise this story has to be. Well, the movie the movie is Filoni's movie is was eight years away, seven years away. That mm -hmm. seems far, but I think it's within five or so. You know, like it's. I think there's at least one more season. Because this is, think about the pacing of Mando season three versus this. This is deliberately slow. It's very Thrawn-like, actually. Um, yeah. There's no way it's just this is the, the all you're going to get before we get a movie. The only thing we have right now there is is Skeleton Crew. There is nothing mm -hmm. else coming out on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. So yeah. I'm like, I mean, I like, you know. There's got to there be another season. When's the Acolyte? Ac Acolyte is coming for sure, but that's, unless that's, Acolyte is connected in some way, I mean. It's High Republic. Yeah. Right, but that that could connect to this old too. stories, old yeah. old stories taught at the temple for generations. I mean, I don't know, yeah. but like with Obi Wan, they they said this is a mini, this is a limited series, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That was I was out there in in press. You're so I wouldn't, I don't know the answer to this, but you're saying that that, that has not been said about Ahsoka. No, no, there very well could be season two. Yeah, the only reason I think, only reason I think there definitely will be is because. We've just now met the villain, and there's only two episodes. Yeah, yeah. They, they have to make him so badass, which yeah, we know yeah. he's badass, but like my mom doesn't. You know, the, he has to do something <laughs> in this season, and really like even worse in the next season. I feel you know, like next he's got to be a bad guy. Must be. <laughs> well, we have no idea, but we all want it. So give us season two. Let's announce it here. Let's just announce yeah. it. Season Usually, two. They might do like what they would do the classic thing that they do, right? Like Boba Fett will return. Man, the Mandalorian yeah. will return. Ahsoka will return. Um, I think we're going to hang on. A, I think it's at this point, like, it's probably going to end on some kind of cliffhanger. Filoni is not afraid to do that. We've seen that in all the animated stuff. Um, I guess we'll know in two weeks. Uh, but I, I think I think there's something out there in regards to the layout of the content stream that's happening 
I guess I just can't see that we're not going to get some follow-up to this story and that it's just all going to be mm -hmm. wrapped up in a two-hour movie. It doesn't make sense to me because no. we know that Mando is supposed to fit into that too. Boba Fett's still out there. Like This universe is actually still expanding in my opinion. And think about, we saw Ahsoka and and Morgan Elsbeth and the mention of Thrawn in season two of The Mandalorian. Right. And that's, what, three years ago at this point? And yeah. we're just getting payoff now? I think that the the long game is has been laid out and it's successful right now. So, Remember how yeah. pumped we were when they said his yeah. name three years ago? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying just it really does him. pay off. It shows, you know, to me that it pays off that, like, you had four seasons of Rebels. This is a direct follow-up. And I, I just, you get to see, I mean, this is how creative things work usually, but you get to see that, like, when you kind of uh water the plant here you know water the seeds like it's worth it you know so you had four seasons of rebels you've been leading up to it between mando season one two and three to get to this point i don't think they just wrap it up soon like this could be like within like a 10-year thing basically you know like i don't want to wait that long we but... haven't even seen zeb yet i mean come on yeah <laughs> i mean we have but not on this show yeah i don't know i i don't i don't know i have a lot of thoughts i have a lot of things that i'm i'm like sure are gonna happen but they're not. Who knows? Oh wait, here it says on it says on Hollywood Reporter, Ahsoka season two canceled due to uh, uh, tax write-offs. Oh, <laughs> strikes again! <laughs> Damn it, Iger! Damn it, Iger! God, the American it's financial system strikes back. Yeah, Ahsoka season two scripts will be um, demolished with Star Cruiser building. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna skip skip ahead here a little bit. Um, I'll mention really briefly Sabine this selfish choice that she's making this very un Jedi choice and Jedi in some way, you know, to like roll the dice on the entire universe for her personal, personal feelings about Ezra Thrawn calls it out. The episodes actually opens with, um, Ahsoka and Hu Yang talking about it. That shit's going to come to a head. It's going to be crucial. We might end on a cliffhanger. They might all be stuck in Peridia and Thrawn is off to the main galaxy mm -hmm. all because of, what um what sabine did and also i feel like balin and shin are not on the same page she at least she isn't on his page i think there's going to be conflict there and that's gonna i think it's all going to intertwine and the shit's going to hit the fan so i'm gonna skip this spoken thing um okay question we don't know i have a speculation the night troopers are they all dead are they reanimated just the way the night sisters do i think so i think it makes sense the, the wraps on the arms are very like night sistery mm -hmm. like they're held up by magics and you know yeah why wouldn't they just be repaired why would they have to have those cloths on if it wasn't night sister shit you right know? right right so i think well the only devil's advocate to that could be just a sort you know a lord of the flies mentality like they've just been they've yeah you know what i mean they're they've been holed up here for so long that they've just become cult loyalists and they and they've kind of lost their mind a little bit and and they you know they're wearing I don't know. You think, think about those stories. Of but they're, re they're repaired. I think that's the part yeah. that's interesting. And it also doesn't seem like Thrawn would let that shit fly. Yeah. Right. I don't know. The, go the gold, the, the, there is a heavy influence of magic. They clearly, the Night Sisters and Thrawn have a deal. And either Thrawn is like, give me an army, animate mm -hmm. me an army that obeys me. And, or, you know, and I'll give you what you need. And so there, there clearly is a deal here and I cannot see Thrawn as smart as he is, as much of a military tactician as he is, um, does need an army at the end of the day. Right. There were, where did they, 
where did they come from? Where, where, did, where were all the dead bodies? Like where did, you know, why Thrawn survived, but they didn't, you know, I, I don't know. It's something to be answered. How many, I mean, there had to be stormtroopers on the Chimera when it jumped. Yeah. Yeah. But, but as, but as far as we know, it jumped, it didn't crash, you know? So like, how did they die? I'm assuming, I'm well, like, I mean, the Pergil were wrecking that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think too. Yeah. Right. You have like the, the tentacles coming around and squashing that thing. Think of the shot when they're just like bashing it, like, Entire, right. like entire chunks and i also brought up when i you when i was i think i was talking about this when i did my quick rebels uh reaction the the are we just like gonna ignore it and be like well whatever it's it's a cartoon or the idea that all the glass was broken on the bridge and they just <laughs> went into space and so yeah right you know like yeah 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 the i think i think what's interesting if like we get into the nuance of it though like stormtrooper suits are pressurized you can breathe in them in space right yeah. but do they run out of air is that crazy if there's holes in the ship and the guys are like struggling to breathe and then thrawn is like i got a half broken ship full of dead stormtroopers the night sisters are like mm -hmm. dude we got that don't worry about that yeah that's dark Ugh. i like it stacy just uh brought up something awesome in the chat the bandits out there running around the planet what if some of those are like just stormtroopers like who knows mm -hmm. like how this whole thing went down their numbers are dwindling maybe some are getting killed some are just bailing and they're out there right right i i loved the seemingly deliberate throw to the tuscan raiders the, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah i mean the sounds they were making the right. you know i mean there's that idea, right? Like of a, an alternate earth where like things are the same, but just a little bit, one, one, a twist of fate kind of mm -hmm. altered the path. And so that, you know, it's almost the same, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. so the idea that like, those are, you know, this is Tatooine in a different galaxy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I, I, I love that. Uh, just one more point about night troopers possibly being reanimated. Um, actually, two points. Uh, I mean, we already had Marek, you know, who mm -hmm. we saw green dust come out of. Like, I feel like that's a total, like, Anything's that's coming back table. into play. Right. Plus, Secret Zone of the Sith knew, you know, Dark Magic, whatever Poe said and all that. Like, really, if you really want to just make that entire line and Palpatine coming back, like, if the Night Sisters had anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're talking, we're bringing in, we've been bringing in cloning and now we're bringing in reanimation. Like maybe Pal the only way Palpatine came back for five minutes at the end of the rise of Skywalker is some combination of all that, you know, right. like crossing the stream tracks, yeah. completely tracks. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. Let's get to the, uh, the unanswerable question, the catacombs, what's in the containers. They look like coffins. What's in the box? <laughs> Dead night sisters, mm -hmm. magic supplies. Rabbits and wands and top hats and shit. Like, what's in there? I think Ryan, back me up on this. Uh, Bodies for Sheev, for Peepaw. Night sisters like, were buried in pods that hung from the trees. Yes, yes, right. Oh, that that, that now that that could just be a death in that coven. That right, exactly. That could just be like a Dathomirian Zabrak thing, like that, yeah, what they do for sure. So, but you know, I just thought that was interesting, um, and it could, yeah. I, I, I want to, I want to believe it. It, it's got something to do with, with the cloning. I, I, that's, that's where my head goes. Are they just the mothers in there? That's such a through line with, with such a through line with, with. Dude, are they to what you're saying right there? While you're messing with your notifications, are they potential hosts? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And the idea that Thrawn is being painted as the ultimate 
you know, Joseph Goebbels mainlining party member. He knows the plan. He, he's got to be in on what was going on, you know, pre Palpatine's death, like the plan to keep him alive forever. And all. Yeah. he's top level brass, you know. Right. And I, I feel like he's just still in on it. And he's still communicating somehow from this remote outpost and like or or, or he's just he got there and was like made, formulated a plan to bring it back, knowing yeah. they're going to need this. I don't know. I just feel like. I feel like he's so in on the plan. He has to be on the plan that that this whole reanimating theme and the fact that they look like coffins and the fact that we've been like steamrolling towards this cloning explanation. Right. I, I feel like that's the only logical explanation. I mean, I could be wrong. And, and we know but- that Thrawn is someone who legitimately appreciates different cultures. And yeah. so for him, as again, what is his biggest asset? It's his brain. It's his ability to to create a tactical plan. Um, for him to look at it and go, you mean there's a species that can reanimate the dead that that have the ability outside of needing expensive machinery and all of this stuff to like mm-hmm. to rebuild an army? Someone like Thrawn is like, I'm going to use that to my advantage a thousand percent. I'm not afraid of it. I don't want to control it. I want to use it. Right. That's a hundred percent of Thrawn move. So, uh, mm. I think that makes, dude, we are breaking through tonight. This is like, <laughs> I'm in, I have one more option. You ready? One more option. I'm in. It's a long trip back to the galaxy. It's, it might be just snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Road trip snacks. snacks. <laughs> True. Dot space. Jesus. Yeah. Dots pretzels. <laughs> no, I have, the, I have the real answer. Thrawn's master plan is to reboot corn cob TV. And those are for the new season of coffee flop. <laughs> yep. I love it. For everyone who gets that. Shot after shot of bodies busting out of shit wouldn't hit in pavement. <laughs> All right. Um, let's do the end of Antiquities. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those rad all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. We're just showing the ones where the bodies fall out. <laughs> All right, Nick, take us into the den with the Easter eggs. All righty. And remember, at the end of this, I have a couple. I have a couple of extra ones. Maybe I'll sprinkle them in there. If yeah, they, uh, yes. Give us a little sprinkle. So, uh, Captain Enoch, Mister Doctor, Mister Doctor Goldface, uh, <laughs> the leader of the Night Troopers, has a helmet with a gold face. This is quite possibly an homage to, or inspired by, George Lucas's first film, THX one one three eight. I know there's a lot of. Um, there's been a lot of other references to just. Whether it's like Roman Empire or, or anything, yeah, Gladiator. I, I, I think there's, they're probably all um, 
kind of all connected in some way. They're all coming stemming from the same idea. Even George's idea probably comes from something like, you know, the Roman Empire gladiator or whatever. George has never taken influence from anything. <laughs> I think it's an homage to a uh, gold member. Uh, If it is the THX 1138, it's, uh, you know, that movie's a dystopian sci-fi future with the police force of androids with chrome faces, much like the gold face we see on Enoch. My first thought last night was Destro because G.I. Joe, I've seen G.I. Joe way more than uh, THX. Uh, we've covered this before, mostly I want to say with uh, The Rise of Skywalker and Kylo Ren's reforged mask but the gold that fills the cracks on the damaged stormtrooper armor was inspired by the traditional japanese pottery repair method called kintsugi so bringing that back into the fold um the idea behind that is broken pottery is repaired with adhesive mixed with gold or silver power highlighting the cracks and repairs is meant to show uh the life and tell the story of an object rather than it being discarded when damaged just show the cracks you've been broken been broken, baby. But you're it's fixed okay. now and ready to. And Shauna Tripsick, costume designer for the whole show, posted earlier on, on her Instagram a, a white ceramic bowl with gold repair on it. Mm-hmm. And just the inspiration was the only caption. Yeah, she yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, so. You mean Shauna Tripsick, who went to Mosh Eisley, San Diego? That's oh, the one. That, that, that one? That, that same one? Wow. Yeah. But wow. for real, like uh, Judah Escalante, Marcus Napari, like um, it, 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 these guys crushed the look of these and like i am so glad the costuming community is losing their minds right now i saw that people mm-hmm. are already like digging out old stormtrooper parts and being like we gotta bake this thing so i i, I have i know a couple of them listen and i just want to say like those guys crushed it this we we talked about a little bit last night it feels like we are in a completely new era of star wars and yes. this we always knew that there's always like What's Hasbro going to get out of this series? And they got a lot for the Black Series and for the... Yeah, in like three years when they finally put these figures out, it's going to be so sick. (laughs) It's going to be dope, man. I'm going to buy them. (laughs) My favorite thing, Thrawn Star Destroyer, the Chimera. Uh, We we see that uh, logo painted on the bottom of it, just like we did in Rebels. Uh, In Greek mythology, the Chimera, which also has a different spelling uh is a monstrous fire breathing hybrid creature so way to go dude cool ship loved just the seeing it for the first time it was just it was like seeing the millennium falcon in the force awakens or something you know like the the reveal you know the ghost kind of got a reveal but man the the reveal of the chimera was very sick and then it totally scored one second later (laughs) totally got some from the mountain. <laughs> I got laid by the temple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, great. I'm here. Let's do it. Um, what else do we got here? This hybrid creature is usually depicted as a lion with the head of a goat protruding from its back and a tail that ends with a snake's head. So the word hybrid is uh, accurate. It's a hybrid. <laughs> Um, Okay, so in Star Wars, the Chimera is a creature with spider legs, a cluster of small snakes uh, rising from the center of the body, and two large snake-like heads with long barbed necks. So the ship doesn't really look like that, not going to lie. But on on the bottom, the whole thing... The big painting is that logo that that you just described. Very cool. And on the uh, Roosevelt's Thrawn jacket, just saying. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Since the finale of Rebels, the ship has been severely damaged and has been repaired with uh, gold pieces. The damage happened during the final battle in Rebels, and when the Purgle smashed uh, the ship, like we mentioned before, broke some windows. 
thank goodness Stormtrooper uh, kits are pressurized. So yeah, the Purgle messed that thing up and we're seeing it get uh, its own form of uh, repair with all this gold. Kintsugi again, yep. In the hangar of the Chimera, we see several Imperial patrol transports. Mike, I was sending you a picture of this last night, so it's like a weird boxy version of a tie. Where did we see that? It looks like a submarine w- with tie things yeah. around it almost. Right, right. Yeah. So th- that goes all like the, the... Like the one that imploded. Yeah, it goes all the way back to Rebels. We've seen them on Lothal. It's got kind of the mm-hmm. big glass front with kind of the odd wings. It almost looks like a helicopter without uh, rotors. Yeah. Um, and that is actually called uh, a LAAT patrol gunship. So um, I was saying in live action, we've seen them a couple times, uh, but most probably recently in mando season three um when we saw them um when when they're there's you know they leave the the star destroyer that uh they're going to loot and then they get caught right and then those are two lat patrols uh that are Mm -hmm. are up there and uh, catch them i think one of the first appearances was to catch a jedi or the wrong jedi when they're they're searching for ahsoka and they're flying over yeah Mm -hmm. so like two or three times in clone wars and then like every other episode in rebel rebels they were around they were like uh, they were like police helicopters, essentially. Basically, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yeah. Moving on from the Chimera, Sabine's life form scanner looks uh, like a lot, uh, like a smaller, more port- portable version of the one that Hera used last episode to search for Ahsoka, which was the same one that Han used to search for Luke on Hoth in The Empire Strikes Back. You just gotta turn the knobs. Yeah, just turn the knobs. <laughs> Pull the antenna. Uh, you'll find it. You'll find them. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. It works better too if you put some foil on the antenna. Nice, um, nice, and on your head, <laughs> thrown away. Did you see how spot on though the the poses and the shots were in the yeah. the image that I posted on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Hera and, and Han. But yeah, can we also He's- take out for a second for all the people who have been like, oh, it's like Sabine completely forgot how to fight. She's a Mandalorian. She ripped. Like she knew yeah. she was getting jumped, and it was like, let me block a bolt with my guns. Let me block a bolt with my gauntlets. Let me take one off the chest. Like she ripped. And then I don't think I've ever seen that before. She shoots out of her gauntlet. She shoots the the whip cord. And it has an elect it has a like a electricity that go did you mm. see that? Like a taser feature. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. what is that? That's so yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah. And that last dude had to bug out, dude. He was scared. <laughs> he was like, she whooped nah, I'm good. I'm yeah, she pulled out the lightsaber and he was like, oh man, okay. Mandalorian with a lightsaber. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have some bonus ones that I think are really, really good. So Getting the bonus. Ready. Extra den right here. Den plus an extra thirteen ninety nine. The deep den. Deep down, yep. <laughs> uh, the Dothamiri are obviously not native uh, to the known galaxy. They're from Peridia. We covered that. Um, in this episode, they say that they rode the Purgle. And if you can remember, the first kind of like a mention of the Night Sisters was in the book of Boba Fett when Danny Trejo's character said that the witches of Dothamir rode Rancors. So they ride Rancors, oh, yeah. they ride yeah. Purgles. Pretty sick. So I think they used to be called the Shy Halud, right? I think that's what. They're... <laughs> different, different show, different oh, podcast. Okay. Right, right. God 
across my streams. Right. <laughs> okay, this goes. Uh, this is pretty cool. It's it's like dead on, like right on the nose, just stolen from Greek mythology. So the great mother's names, Lachesis, Clotha, and Actropa, uh, are known as like the three fates. They were divinities in Greek mythology, and they presided over human life. And together, the fates represented the inescapable destiny of humanity. In Greek mythology, the fates were divine beings who personified the birth, life, and death of humankind. I'm going to keep going. This next part is amazing. Here we go. These three fates were also known as Morai. Whoa. Soka's owl friend. Very sick. Damn. That's wild and deep. Okay, so not Locutus of Borg. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were saying all that, I was like, mm. but that that could also just be stolen from, you know, they're all yeah, stealing right. from the same uh, one other thing, so this is maybe not necessarily for the den. This should have been in the discussion, but the last few lines of this episode, the mothers speak of a threat of fate and a threat of destiny, mm. like as if they're getting information from something, you know? So I'm, I'm really interested to see what the thread is here because they, they say thread of and one time they say fate and then thread of destiny. So well, I love the I love the way they talk about thread and and the cloth and you know it's it's part mm -hmm. of like the way they speak and the way that like the metaphors that they use all wrapped up in pardon the pun nice. their look and their 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 culture mm -hmm. it's awesome and the night the night troopers are all wrapped in threads and yeah. cloth yeah. it's all consistent mm -hmm. it's a pretty sick theme I can't believe that we're getting Star Wars like that. I mean can I just say again it's insane like, dude <laughs> that was nuts what we just saw and we. Previously, it saw Anakin Skywalker back as Darth Vader. And I, we were like, that's it. We just saw Captain Rex. That's peak. Like, that was it. And then I watched this episode. I'm like, did I actually like this episode more than the one that just showed Darth Vader? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is happening right now? Back to All back. Assault. Yeah. An assault on our senses. <laughs> <laughs> and then next week, we get to watch it on the Star Cruiser. What is happening? <laughs> All right. We got to wrap this up. I love you. I know. Mike, go first. Give us your favorite moment, quote, scene, whatever. Uh, you guys know that I'm a costume guy. Um, I mean, we saw lots of things. The other thing I appreciate, too, uh, it, it, in the way that I watched it, when I watched it again, Thrawn's suit, like, he looks pretty, like, put together, right? Mm -hmm. That thing is fried. Like, mm -hmm. it has pockmarks, and it's, like, frayed in certain parts. And I didn't realize it on the first watch, and I was like, dude, the Shauna's team is on it. Um, but I would say anytime we get to see new troopers that serve a purpose that aren't just background, um, I'm in. So I would say my favorite thing from this episode, as much as there was a ton of stuff, exposition that happened, costumes crushed it. The Raiders mm -hmm. crushed it. The night, mm -hmm. the night, the seeing live action night sisters yeah. crushed it. That's my favorite part. Nick. Uh, over under, are we going to see a night trooper at New York comic con? It's plenty of time, right? Yeah, for sure. Take yep, the over. Probably. Okay. Somebody's working on one right now. <laughs> it should be me. Honestly, my favorite part for a lot of reasons was finally seeing Ezra. I, I think that his performance, which was, you know, pretty small so far, just got me so excited for the just the gravity of his character being back. The performance was amazing. I don't know if we're going to get the conversation between Sabine and Ezra to be like, you know, Sabine's going to be like, well, I, I came back and I'm with Thrawn. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. like that's, he's probably on the run from Thrawn. And now they've absolutely face 
being stranded there. So I don't know, but just seeing Ezra finally and, uh, you know, the casting I think is dead on. And like I said, last night on the pod, I mean, Sabine and Ezra are possibly the two best cast animation characters, animated characters into live action ever. So seeing Ezra Bridger, love it. William Ryan Key. I think like the obvious one for me should be Thrawn's reveal. Mm hmm. I mean, it was epic, but there's a really random thing in this episode that resonated with me big time, and I've been thinking about it all day. Started with, do we know the name of the creature that she was re- riding? This sort of like horse dog hybrid, a howler. Howler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boom. I didn't. I didn't pick that up in the episode, and I didn't get to rewatch. I probably would have got it the second time. But either way, so my dog is we call him around the house a shadow dog because he's a cattle dog, and he has to be hurting us at all times, and he's just. I mean. He is glued to my leg. It doesn't matter if I just walk from the kitchen to the bedroom and back. He he can't settle unless we're settled, you know? And so the the dog-like qualities that they gave that creature were so spot on. And like the nuance that they they really paid attention to uh to developing that that creature and giving it a personality. And um and I, I think they obviously they focused on this like dog horse hybrid. Like it kind of was doing like the shaking horse face thing but it was also like licking its chops constantly like a dog but there was a scene the scene where sabine would like told it to that she was you know she was like no like you're not coming with me anymore because you abandoned me as soon as it left frame i knew i knew it was going to come back and yeah. i don't know if i knew it was going to come back because of the show and i it's like that's a good you know uh, like a, a bit in film or if i was like well Jax would come back my dog would come back he's coming back yeah so but that led to uh kind of i think what might be my favorite thing and this probably could have gone in the den but i figured i'd wait until now uh, because i didn't know if you were going to bring it up nick but the scene where sabine comes across the little turtle guy for the first time Mm -hmm. is just leia and wicket right it's the same scene yep Uh, i'm not gonna hurt you she puts her gun down uh you know like that whole thing just i mean as leia things do to us it really hit me like uh just the I don't know the homage that was, that was paying to that that scene of her encountering a new species that was very scared uh, for the first time. So I, I to not pick an obvious one like yes, obviously my favorite thing in the episode was was Grand Admiral Thrawn, but that's everyone's favorite thing, you know. Uh, so I don't know. I just thought that was a really special scene um, that had a killer throwback to Return of the Jedi, and I and I loved the the connection between her and, and the Howler. I think all that stuff was great, and I love how go like going all in not being afraid to do weird alien stuff it pays homage to and like stays in the spirit of original trilogy old school george lucas you know i thought it was great he pulled it off you figure out how they put those clothes on with that shell on their back you let me know (laughs) that that i've been thinking about that because i think we said that it was like the shell was part of their exoskeleton but the, the clothes they put clothes on them. Obviously, the shell probably just comes off when they yeah. want it to. But then, like, why would they be wearing them all the time when they're cooking dinner for their kids? You know, I don't yeah, know. Because yeah. they're, no, they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. Man is pondered. <laughs> Reason to make a David Cross reference, and I'll take it. <laughs> the um, only thing that we missed also in the den, by the way, which I I did remember. Um, Do y'all's people eat oatmeal? <laughs> Go ahead. When the grand in- when the Grand Inquisitor cuts Ezra, he got the two cut the cut on his face. Oh. Oh yeah yeah. Ezra's got that in the show. Nice, as he should. Perfect. I think he's also still wearing his like wrist gauntlet looking thing. Pretty sure. Let's rewatch. My favorite. Let's hurry up and go. Um, I was really into uh, that scene with the, the turtle people as well, but I can't. Hermit crabs. Not, 
Hermit, Hermit crabs. crabs, but I can't not give it to the Thrawn entrance, the, the reveal, because I have never, there's never been something so haunting in Star Wars since I was a little kid that like shook me how epic and terrifying. It was on par with Emperor Palpatine coming off the ship and Return yes. of the Jedi for the first time. It was right. fully yes. on par with that. And remind yourself, it was on par with freaking Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. showing you the Emperor, the mastermind of the entire saga for the first time, and it was in a 45-minute episode <laughs> of television. Yes. It was, it was on par with that. And this, What a time to be alive. The score, like, really just put it, it I mean, I'm not going to compare that score to the Imperial March, hearing that in all its glory, you know, for, for the first time, but you're right. That's what, that's what it did, and it, it, it broke new ground, like, on many, many levels. So it has to be that. that. That's my favorite. All right, amazing episode. Um, like we keep saying, we're going to watch next week's together on the Galactic Star Cruiser on the Halcyon. Wow. Maybe streaming from there uh, a reaction to an episode for the first time. We're just going to go ahead and claim that, whether or not that's true. Let's stream it from the bridge, like late at night. <laughs> take advantage of the whole TV. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's, do let's it. take over the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're just going to have one episode next week because there's too much going on. We, we won't even get off the thing until Thursday morning. So then I'm driving. It's, it's going to be one episode. It's going to be a good one. It'll be a reaction. We'll probably have space cocktails. Listen, you're going to want to like watch it on YouTube. We're going to literally be. Yes. <laughs> you're going to want to see this. Of the day. Yes. <laughs> this is my Ahsoka wearing outfit. Everyone knows yes. that. Be honest, you did. You just gave me more of a reason to be like, "Oh, then I'm t I'm totally fine because I need to do a change. I'm going to do a wardrobe change for the stream." New pair yeah. of pants. Yes. Great. Yes. Great. Great. All right. So if you aren't already subscribed, subscribe. Do the bell thing. There's a bell apparently for alerts. Either way, if you're subscribed, you'll see the time for that. I'll try to stay ahead of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. I can't mess with computers while we're on there. So I will schedule that ahead of time. Um, we'll probably do it about the same time that we usually do within a half hour after watching the show. It's going to be epic. Uh, MoshEisley.com for Mosh Eisley tickets October 14th in New York City. Dudes, thanks for being here. Patrons, thanks for being patrons and hanging out with us in the chat. And until next week on the Galactic Star Cruiser, may the Force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible. <laughs>